Welcome to The Way the World Works, where the trusted team behind the Tuttle Twins books tackles current events, hot topics, and fun ideas to help your family find clarity in a world full of confusion. Hi, Connor. Hey, Brittany. So in the past, we've talked about a guy named Frederick Bastia, and uh, a few times actually, because the Tuttle Twins have a book where they learn about the law, and that is about one of Bastia's famous essays, The Law. Now, today I want to talk about another one of his essays. It's called That Which is Seen and That Which is Not Seen. So Connor, let me start by asking you, if your son or daughter broke your living room window, generally speaking, would you say this is a good or a bad thing? Uh, I would definitely say that's not a good thing. It's a bad thing. Right. Okay. Well, some people, economists specifically, people who study the economy, sometimes like us to believe that having a broken window is not only a good thing, but it's actually necessary from time to time. So what? what? Do you, yeah. What do you think about that? That scene. So, okay. So uh, they, they're playing baseball outside. They throw a ball in the window. Obviously, they're going to feel bad about it. They know there's going to be like a consequence. They're going to have to maybe pay for it or something. I'm going to be upset because now I've got to deal with it. We've got to clean up the glass. I've got to get someone to come fix it because I don't know how to fix windows. And, <laughs> I'm that. You don't know how to fix windows. <laughs> and that's uh, and just like our Miraculous Pencil book, you might also say no one knows how to make windows. It requires so many people. But okay, so I'm going to say it's, it's bad. So why? Yeah, that's a good question. Why would some people argue? argue that that type of action of breaking a window could be a good thing. All right. Well, let's talk about what we can see like immediately. So if there's something that becomes apparent is if you have a broken window, what are you going to need to do? You have to replace it. Right. right? So somebody has to come. What is it? Is it a, how do you say the word? Is it a glazer? Is it a glazier? A glazier. glazier? Yeah, okay, the, close. <laughs> I was just going to say, can't we just put some duct tape on it and call it a day? <laughs> cardboard, cardboard box duct tape uh, probably not if let's say this was like a storefront window and you wanted people to come into your store or even sure. your house i feel like maybe your wife is not going to love you having uh, duct tape <laughs> on the windows but okay so you're going to have to get a new window so some people would say well this is great because now the what is it glass how do you say the word again i don't even i think it's <laughs> glazier we'll, glazier, we'll call him window the, the window maker yeah <laughs> the window maker now has a new job so a lot of people would say this is great because yeah sure you don't have a window anymore but oh my goodness, this window maker just got a job and now he can take that money and he can spend it. And people would call this stimulating the economy is what we hear. We hear people say like, that's great. Like now more people, you know, will have the opportunity to make money. But why do you think this is wrong? What do you, what do you think about this? There's some problems okay, so, here. Yeah, there's a lot of problems, right? Because if you're looking at the window maker, we'll call him. Yes, he's going to make money, but I'm going to have to pay for it. Let's say as the parent, we're using my kids as an analogy here. So I'm going to have to pay for it. Even like if I broke something, right? If I broke a window, I'd have to be paying for it. So now I have less money to spend on something else. So my money had to go to fix the window for the business or for my house. But um, so that that's good for the window maker. He benefits because he got a job that he otherwise wouldn't have had. So if you're only looking at like narrowly looking at like one person or one group of people, you might say, oh, look, breaking windows is great because it creates jobs for the window makers. But then, you know, maybe I was going to spend that money on a little kid's lemonade stand that day. Mm. And now they don't get money, which means they don't have money to go, you know, on Amazon and buy their toy, which means the toy company doesn't get money. And so I, I was kind of forced into spending some money on the window, you know, for the window maker. But there are other things that I would have done with that money that I wanted to do instead. So we, you know, in the case of the 
this example I just gave, we still would have like had the window not been broken, then we would have had a window still. And then I would have also had lemonade and then that kid would have had a toy and, and then so on and so forth. And so I think that's kind of the problem is that it would be silly to focus just on, oh, hey, look, it benefits the window maker when there's a whole lot of other things to think about. Yeah. And it also kind of brings up the point, like we talked about a little bit in the beginning, is there's some consequences that are easy to see, right? You can see that, that a window maker is going to get money. That's great. We're really excited about that. But maybe what we don't think about is what you mentioned, the unseen is what Bastia, Frederick Bastia would have called that. So the unseen are all these consequences, like you said, all the other people it's hurting. So I think that's really interesting because today, a lot of people, not just economists, I mentioned economists earlier, but not just economists, a lot of people think Okay, so if we want to stimulate the economy, if we want to get the economy going again, it's okay to break windows. And I'm saying that with, with air quotes, because it's not always <laughs> breaking windows, right? It's whatever it is to stimulate the economy. But they're not seeing the big picture. They're not seeing everything that's going on. So what we call that is the broken window fallacy. That's what that whole principle of this people, you know, how silly it is that people think that if we go around breaking windows or breaking things or stimulating the economy, that's actually going to help us. But we don't see all the consequences. And, and a fallacy, let's define that word. That so a fallacy is, it's like a bad way of thinking. It's an incorrect argument. You're, you're trying to say something that's not really true. So there's a number of different fallacies or, you know, these bad arguments. And so the broken window fallacy is one of them. It's, it's just one of these bad ways of making an argument or a point. Um, and in this case, it's nicknamed after the broken window because of, you know, this example that we're talking about where it's very a simple example to help people understand that like, okay, well, if we break a window and uh, now, you know, we're forced to spend money to benefit the window maker, sure, it helps him. And a lot of people be like, hey, look, this is great. We're, yeah, as you said, Brittany, we're stimulating the economy. We're creating jobs for window makers or for whatever. <laughs> um, but, you know, society would have been a lot better off without the broken window because, you, as I said, you'd still have a window. Plus, you know, that money would have gone to some other pursuits. So there would be more wealth. There would be more things. There would be more uh, stuff for people to enjoy rather than forcing them to, you know, replace something that they already had. I remember, Brittany, so I grew up in San Diego. And shortly after I read Frederick Bastiat's essay, my I was blown away. How old were you? How old were you? I, oh, I was in my, I want to say I was in my early 20s. Might have been, yeah, I think it was in my early 20s. In fact, I think I was home from college, if I remember right. Like, this has been a little while. But I was down in San Diego, and they had just recently had some big fires in Southern California. And this happens quite a lot. Uh, you get kind of the Santa Ana winds. You get these yeah. really hot, dry winds blowing around and... And then a fire happens and then the fire just kind of gets out of control. And in my community where we grew up, there had been over the years, a couple fires where, you know, people's homes were burned down. They had to evacuate. It's, it's kind of a real deal that, that you have to deal with down there. And I was watching the news, which I never recommend. I don't really do that anymore. <laughs> but, you know, back in the day, I, I had the news turned on and I saw a news clip where they were talking about the fires. And while they have the video of the fires in the background, uh, kind of showing what was happening. They were talking with this college professor from the local college, and they were talking about what's going to happen to all these people and to the economy and, and all this kind of stuff. 
And literally that professor started making the argument, not started, he made the full argument that we're talking about here. He said, well, actually it's kind of a weird argument, but you know, this can actually be a good thing because it's going to really give a lot of benefits to the construction industry and they're going to have to create new houses and it's going to put a lot of people to work, you know, and that's just, you know, insurance money that would just be sitting there. And so it's good to, you know, give all these people jobs. And so this is actually a, you know, a benefit. <laughs> and I'm like, oh my gosh, that's literally what Frederick Moscow <laughs> was talking about. It's not just this thing that happened, you know, 100, 200 years ago when he was talking about it. This is literally happening before our eyes that these people, these economists, these people who claim to understand how the economy works, they're using these fallacies, these bad ideas. And I was just so blown away that I was literally witnessing in front of my eyes. We also see that every time there's a natural disaster, like a hurricane, I think it's hurricane season or, you know, now around the time we're recording this. And every time there's a lot of destruction, you always see an economist saying that, saying, you know, this is terrible. We're so sad. But, you know, think of all the the, the builders, the construction companies that are going to get money. Think about all these people. So we see it play out in that, too. And it's funny because every time it happens, I have the same thought you did, where it's like, oh, this is actually Bastia's words coming to life. And one thing, and it might be a little bit harder for uh, our younger listeners, but for older listeners, absolutely like read the text of Bastia's uh, that, would, that Which is Seen and That Which is Unseen, because it's so uh, snarky, I guess would be the term to use. Like, yeah. It's very sarcastic, but it's written in a very uh, relatable way because he, he puts it in perspective of just how silly these economists are. I think that's a good idea to share. Let's make sure we include that on the show notes page for today. So you can find that as always at uh, tuttletwins.com slash podcast. It's not a long essay and yeah. it is to Brittany's point and a very enjoyable read. You you see a lot of similarities to what's happening today. So for any you know teenagers and adults uh, listening, that would be a, a great thing to read. And it is so interesting, right? Because this didn't just happen in mid 1800s France. Uh, this happens in, you know, 2020 America. We see it all the time. You you see, you know, the, oh, yeah, the pandemic. Oh, how great it is for the toilet paper industry. <laughs> yeah. There's a run on toilet paper, right? And how great it is for people producing masks. And it's like, okay, well, if you're just looking at this this one narrow little factor, sure, you can, you know, like kind of like I think of it when I was, you know, dating, uh, and I was, you know, I, I was looking for a girlfriend and I was dating a lot of girls. It would be silly for me to be like, oh, um, you know, she she plays the clarinet really well. Like, OK, but but you don't <laughs> want to eventually marry someone just because they're like a good musician. Like there's a lot of factors that you want to consider. You want to think of a lot of different things when you're thinking about who you want to date and who you want to marry. And so I kind of feel like that way with the economy, these these economists they'll look at, you know, the something right in front of their eyes. They'll say, oh, this is this is what we, you know, understand. This is what's happening. But like to use Frederick Bastiat's term, it's, it's that which is not seen. In fact, he talks about how in that essay, if you want to be a really good thinker, if you want to be a really smart person, then you need to make sure that you are focusing on the things that you can't see. It's very easy to look in front of you and say, oh, broken glass, you know, bro broken window. Therefore, a job is created. Like anyone can look at that and just come up with that conclusion. But that's not a very smart person because they're not thinking through the big picture. And so what Frederick Bastiat encourages us to do in the essay is to basically think of the things that you can't see because our actions have consequences, right? If I do something mean to someone, I don't know what the consequence of that is going to be. They may be upset, but then maybe, you know, they go home and, and they have a really bad day and then they don't do their 
you know, homework or chores, and that creates, you know, all sorts of other consequences. Like all of our actions have consequences and there's some that we can see, and there are many that we can't see, but we need to be smart and think through what all of those other effects are. Brittany, I see this a lot in working up at the Capitol and trying to change laws. So often you get these politicians, these elected officials, and they'll pass a law and they'll make an argument. They'll say, this law is going to do this, right? This law is going to create this program. Okay, well, you know, you just created a program and spent taxpayer dollars on this one little program. But what you don't see, and in fact, I would encourage our listeners to go read again, The Tuttle Twins and The Road to Serfdom, where we talk all about this. You think about the eminent domain and the land was taken, which created a bunch of other effects that these central planners did not kind of foresee. And you see that, you know, in our day where these politicians, they'll, they'll give money to this, but then they don't see that, oh, wait a minute, because we gave money to this program, this other business, you know, shut down over here because they couldn't compete anymore. And we didn't intend that, right? I, I, didn't, I didn't mean that to happen. I remember when COVID happened, the Texas governor passed a law like shutting businesses down. Um, and then there was this one businesswoman, I think she owned a salon, if oh, I'm remembering yes. uh-huh. right. Salon. And, and she kind of protested. She engaged in a little bit of civil disobedience, like we've talked about before. And she said, I'm not closing my business down. And she was arrested. I think she spent a night in jail, if I'm remembering right, or a few days in jail. A few days, I think it was, yeah. Yeah, I think it was a few days. And the governor came out afterwards and he's like, oh, I, I didn't mean for anyone to actually go to jail. It's like, okay, well, when you have an action, in his case, it was, you know, ordering people around. Well, of course, the consequences are that some police somewhere are going to do that. And the governor may not have intended for that to happen, right? But actions have consequences. So I think that's a very good kind of critical thinking exercise for us to think about. Like if I, you know, punch my brother in the arm, right? What's the consequence going to be? Or if I disobey my mom, or if I don't do my chores, or if I take this job over here, or if I steal this money, or like all these decisions, there are always these consequences that we have to think through. And it's certainly that way when we're talking about the economy, the really big economy of people buying and selling, that, you know, there's all these consequences that we need to think through. Absolutely. And I think you bring up a good point by saying that it's not just for economics, right? It's in our personal lives, too. If you're about to make a choice, you shouldn't just be looking at the immediate or maybe the most obvious consequence. You should be saying, you know, what are all the consequences that can happen? I think being able to do that not only, again, helps you with things like the economy, but will help you make decisions way into your adulthood. I mean, that's what we should all be doing. And not enough people are doing that. So you're absolutely right, Connor. A good, good uh, plan for adulthood, learning how to critically think and and not, uh, in fact, I'll I'll add another little teaser here. I, I haven't shared this publicly yet. So all you uh, podcast listeners, on episode one, we shared something that we haven't shared with anyone else uh, publicly still and probably won't for a while. And uh, now in this episode, I'll share with you that we're working on a future book. This will be for teenagers. This won't be one of our, our children's books, but we're going to have a book for teenagers uh, about a guide to logical fallacies. And so these, again, these fallacies are like these bad ways of thinking, these incorrect arguments, and you see them all the time throughout your life. Um, And so we're putting together a little book so that teenagers can kind of better understand them and then know how to avoid them and how to counter them. So that is a fun project, probably be done by early next year. That's uh, quite a bit of work, but something to share because it's very related. It's really important for us to think very clearly, to make good arguments and to try and think not just of the things we can see that are kind of easy, but try and understand all the effects, the the consequences of our actions 
that might happen. So really good topic and certainly very pertinent for what's happening in the economy today for us to always be thinking about. So make sure uh, everyone to head to TuttleTwins.com slash podcast. You can find the show notes page if you want to access that essay um, and see past episodes as well. Make sure you are subscribed, share with a friend. And until next episode, Brittany, we'll see you next time. See you next time. You've been listening to The Way the World Works. Make sure your family is subscribed and check out TuttleTwins.com for more awesome content.